We are now two-thirds of the way through this journey of 60 weeks, 60 books. Somehow, despite the vagaries of life, work and the unexpected, we are this week on episode 40. To celebrate, I'm looking more at the oeuvre of a writer rather than a single book, although the title of this episode is taken from the fourth of six books, following first separately and then jointly the fortunes of two formidable women, Emmeline Lucia Lucas, first of Rism, then Tilling, and Elizabeth Mapp, a Diane of Tilling, until Lucia arrives to challenge her supremacy. It was a tough call choosing between P.G. Woodhouse and E.F. Benson. If you Google best British comic novels, Woodhouse reigns supreme with at least seven of his books in the list. And he is wonderful. The rich, elusive text, the utterly memorable figures of Bertie Wooster, Jeeves, Gussie Finknottle, Lord Emsworth, and of course the Countess of Blandings, his pig, Smith, and the efficient Baxter, the endless aunts, especially Constance and Agatha, in addition to the interchangeable changeably jolly fiancés, not to mention the slapstick and ludicrous tangles that are brought to neat denouement. Woodhouse's world is joyous and unfailingly cheering, but, but, there is something insubstantial, despite, or perhaps because of the routines of motoring down to the country for a weekend in a stately pile. Whilst I read Woodhouse as a teenager, I was also studying A-level history, and alongside the fairy tale world of Worcester, I was also conscious of the decline of the aristocracy, brought low by agricultural depressions, death duties, not to mention the horrendous death toll of World War I, especially in the young officer class. Blandings is an anomaly, a place out of time, and Bertie and his drone's companions seem sometimes to be not dissimilar to the French nobility in 1788, going about their sport and their amusement without care for the imminent arrival of tumbrils and guillotines, or in the case of the young men of the 1920s, the Wall Street crash and the Great Depression. Benson's first Lucia novel appeared in 1920, Queen Lucia, with Trouble for Lucia, the final novel in the sequence appearing in 1939. The financial comfort of the characters, or discomfort, is rooted in reality. Lucia's husband, Philip, more familiarly known as Pepino, made a pile as a lawyer in London, whilst Map and her tilling ladies are constantly scrimping and saving on fixed incomes. In addition, I recognised the world of village fate, agricultural shows and tableau. As a child, arriving in England in the 1970s, I encountered a world where there was still sherry after Sunday church, competitions for the best marrow or Victoria sponge, coconut shies and endless tables of bric-a-brac. At my old-fashioned prep school, we were drilled in country dances, marches, and for the Silver Jubilee in 1977, even small Yorkshire villages were putting together floats representing the kings and queens of England with gratifyingly gruesome depictions of the beheadings of Anne Boleyn and poor Catherine Howard. I was taken for weekends or lunches at houses that in the 1970s were affordable for middle-class families. My great-aunt lived in a very fine Regency house on Maid's Causeway in Cambridge, purchased by her GP husband in the 1930s. 
We had friends with an 18th century mill house in Burford. There were old vicarages in Cumbria and Yorkshire and elegant farmhouses in Sussex. My great aunt even had an aged maid, Hella, who certainly when family came wore the classic black dress, white apron and dark stockings with sensible black shoes with a frilly white thing in her hair. There still existed the remnants of Map and Lucia's cosy world where what really matters is whether one revokes at bridge. The solicitors, clergy and medics who made up the upper middle class milieu of my 1970s childhood had parents, uncles and aunts who all maintained traditions and behaviour that made Benson's world entirely recognisable to me despite being a third culture kid brought up initially in the United States. That said, very few were quite as killingly pretentious as Lucia with her phony Italian, her piano duets and the books left open but actually unread. Lucia is one of the great comic creations because she is at once awful and delightful. She is managing, bossy, domineering and foolish. She, for example, along with her rhythm neighbour, Daisy Quantock, have the wool pulled over their eyes by a curry house cook who persuades them that he is a Brahmin guru from Benares. The descriptions of the denizens of Rizm striking their yoga poses are wonderfully silly. When the cook is recognised, he makes a hasty escape, absconding with a hundred pounds from Pepino's safe and various bibelots and other treasures from the homes of Daisy and Georgie Pilson. Georgie is Lucia's great friend and accompanist. Lucia could be grim, but somehow as ridiculous as she can be, she is also rather lovable, as Georgie discovers. In the first novel, whilst Lucia is busy commandeering the guru from Daisy Quantock, she is superseded in Georgie's affections by the down-to-earth soprano Olga Braceley, who first attracts Georgie when he sees her sing Brunhilde and later captures him entirely when she moves to Rhythm and manages to undermine Lucia's dominance in local circles, quite unintentionally. But Olga must leave Rhythm to tour the US. Although she invites Georgie to accompany her and her husband, he declines and returns to Lucia's side, chastened as Olga's glamour fades and Lucia's stability persists. Map is a rather different kettle of fish. Just as Lucia dominates Rhythm, Map manages Tilling. However, she is a malicious and vengeful creature, penny-pinching, petty, judgmental, and deliberately seeking out opportunities for one-upmanship. She affects a oneness with nature, gushing about my sweet flowers, how the butterflies are particularly glorious this summer. But underneath, she is a seething mass of suspicion and bad faith. She tells outrageous whoppers, such as when she tries to spook her friend Diver Playsto, who has just filled her coal cellar on hearing there may be a coal strike. Map suggests that there will be coal rationing and fines for anyone who stores up too much coal. She undertakes complex sneaky tricks of one kind and another, and then Benson exposes her. Eventually, in a masterstroke, Benson brought his two creations together. Lucia rents Map's house in Tilling, the elegant Mallards, and Lucia enjoys her time in Tilling so much that she decides to relocate from Rizm and buy her own home there. 
Tilling is based on the town of Rye on the Sussex coast and Mallards on Lamb House, home first to Henry James, then Benson himself, and after that the now largely forgotten novelist Rumor Godden. Benson moved to Lamb House just after World War I and remained there until his death in 1940. Like Lucia herself, he served as mayor in the mid-1930s. In writing about the bridge parties, the musical soiree, the pageants and the one-upmanship, Benson captures the rhythms of the middle-aged middle class, where even modest incomes were sufficient to maintain a cook and a parlour-maid. Map and Lucia is unquestionably the best of the series. The previous books are amusing and establish the milieu, the ambiance and Benson's skewering of triviality and pretension. Widowed, Lucia arrives in Tilling with her sisbio, Georgie, now recovered from his brief passion for Olga Braceley and once again dedicated to his former muse. Georgie is introduced alongside Lucia in Queen Lucia. He is boyish, prefers womanly activities such as embroidery, playing the piano and making delicate watercolour sketches which he occasionally frames and gives to his friends and in ensuring that he is meticulously dressed and presented to the world. In Queen Lucia, we are also introduced to his bluff sisters, Hermie and Ursi, who mock him thoroughly. Benson describes them thus. They liked pigs and dogs and otter hunting and mutton chops. I'm not sure whether that refers to the meat or the moustache, possibly both. Georgie is in his mid-forties, very nicely off and cared for by Folgem, a young woman who may be his maid, but is also his greatest confidant. Georgie initially dyes his hair, then invests in a toupee and enjoys his elaborate clothes. Of course, Benson does not spell it out, but Georgie is gay, although there is never any suggestion that he acts on his inclinations. And both he and Lucia, when it comes to staying in inns with adjoining doors and eventually marrying, are coy and clearly rather icked out by the idea of sex. In the first map book, Benson introduces us to another gay character, Quaint Irene, the bohemian artist who paints nude pictures in as far as I can gather a somewhat fauvist sub-Matisse style that petrifies Map, especially when she realises that the best fishmonger in town, apparently respectable, is posing for Irene almost in the altogether apart from a pair of snug bathing trunks. Quaint Irene has little truck with Map's manipulations, but falls totally for Lucia, who brings rather more culture to Tilling than it has been expecting. My sympathies are, in general, with Irene, who identifies the reason that reader after reader cannot help feel chip but, but feel cheerful when Lucia triumphs over Map. Lucia is, for all her pretension and manifold flaws, generous at heart. This allows her ultimate one-upmanship of map to flourish, because she will never scrimp or cut corners when it comes to entertaining or looking after her friends. Lucia may be mockable, but she delights in giving pleasure and fostering enjoyment. The books have never been out of print and have been given a fillet by a brilliant Channel 4 TV adaptation in 1985, starring Geraldine McEwen as Lucia, Nigel Hawthorne as Georgie and Prunella Scales as Map. These are utterly wonderful, capturing the essence of the books beautifully, playing around relatively little with the plotting, with acting that brings Benson's characters to vivid and memorable life. 
I saw the series when it was originally on in 1985. I'm not sure whether I bought a video or the series was repeated, but Peter and I watched it on DVD in the early 2000s and he too became a convert. And at the same time, I reread the books. I'm not sure how we missed the 2014 adaptation with Anna Chancellor and Miranda Richardson as Lucia and Map, but in doing the research for this week's pod, I came across the brief three-episode season and we watched it with as much enjoyment as ever. What endures and continues to charm is one of the joys of much historical fiction. Despite an increasingly distant and different background, the characters and the tangles that they create are recognisable replete with the customary foibles and flaws that make our human interactions at once fascinating and infuriating. Join me next week for a very different book, a book of seafaring and discovery, the only novel produced by Harry Thompson, who wrote a magnificent, fictionalised version of the journey of the Beagle and the friendship between two very different men, Charles Darwin and the Beagle's master, Captain Fitzroy. It's an absolutely brilliant read. Look forward to seeing you then. Mm-hmm.